This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes. Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. Kate, are you recording? I am recording. I just hit my microphone. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> so you're off to a strong start? Is that what you're doing? Strong start here. Okay, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of outside noise. <laughs> no, just kidding. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about Always Be My Maybe. So this is the first straight from Kate choice. The, a movie that you recommended oh, oh, that I no. hadn't seen until it was time to prepare for this episode. Oh, God, and, you know, that's a lot of pressure. It, I didn't think it, about that. A straight from not, Kate choice. What if it bombs? <laughs> it's not because I was going to say the first thing I want to say is thank you. Oh, yes. Uh, no, seriously, watching this movie led me down so many wonderful creative rabbit holes. Really. It oh, was, yay. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that makes me it was, happy. It was one of those gifts that kind of keeps on giving. Like mm-hmm. everything I followed, I found something else interesting. And then more importantly for this podcast, aside from my own personal creative rabbit holes, I, I thought it was a good place to stop and walk people through some of our criteria that we use to pick movies or pick anything really, but since this is a movie. So they have to feature complicated women, which is not always an easy thing to spot. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Secondly, to qualify for our favorite segment, what she said, the movie has to be either written by or directed by a woman. This movie passes on both of those counts. A rare gem. Yes, Yes. right? Yeah, directed by... Diverse women, too. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's right. Nanachka Khan, Mm -hmm. the creator and executive producer of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 and... ABC's Fresh Off the Boat. Mm-hmm. It's also co-written by the incredibly brilliant and possibly my new favorite person in the world, Ali Wong. Ali Wong, yes. yes. Yes, So that's how I knew, even though I hadn't seen the movie, that's how I knew Always Be My Maybe would work for Pop Fiction Women, even before I saw it. I guess apparently there's also another requirement, which is that it, the movie be a version of When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> We didn't know we had a theme. Yes, which I also didn't know until after I saw it, to tell you the truth. And that I did not know either, even though, of course, probably one of the reasons I loved it was that there were these undercurrents of Mm -hmm. When Harry Met Sally. But I didn't know, like you said, that they actually specifically set out to make their own version of When Harry Met Sally. So, yeah, I didn't know it either until I did the deep dive. So I want to say first, I love this movie. For everyone else in the world that's not like a complete nerd like us, you'll watch it. You'll completely enjoy it. But I'm going to be a little critical of it in this podcast because that's what this is for. Fair enough. But of course, you know me. I will start out critical and then come back around to all my favorite things. So the first thing in the movie that struck me was for a romantic comedy, there was very little romance and very little comedy. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, well, no, 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 just the very start. Oh, okay. So it starts out with with cute friendship, the young kids, Mm -hmm. and then even when they're a little bit older, it's still the flashback period, so this is the beginning. There's sex, but there's really no romance there. No romance between the two of them. And then also very little comedy. Sasha is left alone a lot. I, I felt really bad for her. Right. I was like, this is sad. No. <laughs> this is not a comedy. But I'll say, when I thought about it, and back to When Harry Met Sally and Sleeping With Other People, our other two versions of the same movie we keep watching, they also both start out dark. The drive from... Chicago to New York. Right. Harry really lays on oh, the darkness he thick, was dark, right? Definitely. Right? And then sleeping with other people, you know, when you get past Jake and Lenny's first meeting, pretty much the first scene after that is Allison Brie yeah. with Adam Brody, mm-hmm. and that seems super dark. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is kind of a theme, but 
theirs was a little more sad than dark. Judy dying, that was, wow, that really yeah. sort of no- knocked me. Like, right. okay, this is this is going to be something different. Yes, so, that's true. Yeah. But then they, right after she dies is when they have their big losing their virginity moment. Yep. But also not at all romantic. No, not at all. No, super and that awkward. Fight. But I thought yes. it was a little funny. I thought I, I yeah, saw a little there comedy there with the condom sure. and the banana. And that- with Sasha singing D'Angelo. Yeah, oh that was God, funny that too. Was yeah, do definitely moments of it. But right. for no. a romantic comedy, it does not come out of the gate strong with romance or comedy. But now I guess that you're pointing out the similarities to the other two movies that maybe this yep. is a thing. Maybe how else are we going to then build them back up or exactly. bring on the romance and the comedy. They need to have a low point, I yes. guess. Um, yes. And in this case, they need to have a reason to sort of break apart and mm-hmm. go their separate ways. And then, right. of course, that's what the movie's about. Them, these childhood friends reuniting as adults after taking, you know, very different paths. And, right. you know, she's, Although, yeah. So sleeping with other people does that and they just have natural time break right they're in college when they meet and then they just don't see each other for for a long period of time when Harry Met Sally has nothing like this really true uh, certainly no intimate encounter which both of these start with right Right. off the bat yeah is true uh, intimate encounters yes which I I thought it was just now that we have a third one oh my god uh, I didn't even think of that that I love had the that they have the losing their virginity to each other in common with sleeping with other people and this, although in sleeping with other people, they didn't, they barely knew each other when they no, lost their virginity. To- yep. Whereas these two had been, as you said, best friends since they were little kids and neighbors. Yes. So it seems heavier yes. with them. Yes. Like, yes. I do love looking at the similarities and also the, the differences. It's really interesting how you can make something resonate with a bigger story, but then also make it your own. I, I, I thought that was really fun. Yeah. And I just love that, that, that Ali Wong and Randall Park. The, the two leads in this and, and the two co-writers are are friends from college themselves mm-hmm. and that they yep. and there's so many similarities between their life I mean they don't say that they ever had a relationship I don't know that they did but but certainly they had a friendship for so long and I, I love that they just set out I guess they said in an interview that they'd love to do a one Harry met Sally like of, mm-hmm. of this generation and the outcry from like the social media and Twitter world of please do this, please do this. She goes, we don't have what movie. It was just an idea. And then they thought, well, hell we got it. Let's sit down and write it, you know? And it's just, as we talked about with Harry Mentale, I mean, it is the prototype for Mm. the rom-com and, and unwittingly we've now proven (laughs) it by choosing these over and over. And this also, you know I love the theme in books, movies, whatever, of the one mm. that got away. I, I, mm-hmm. So the minute I saw this advertised on yeah. Netflix of just these two, like we said, childhood right. friends who reunite after taking different paths. And she's a successful celebrity chef and glamorous life. And he's basically just pretty much the same as he was in high school. You know, yeah. living with his dad and driving the same Corolla that they like lost their virginity <laughs> in and, yes. and playing in the same band with his friends from high school. And they're just in such different places. I thought, oh, I mean, I've got to see this movie. It's certainly themes that everyone loves, I right? Know. How I know. people come together and, and how they can miss it for a long time and then and then get there eventually. But OK, let's switch to Sasha Tran. Yes, is she complicated? Oh, I knew you were going to do this. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I knew it. Know. I knew it. All right. Well, listen, Sasha know. Tran is a boss okay. she with is. a capital B. All right. 100%. She 100%. literally runs an impressive and wildly successful business. Mm-hmm. She's a sought after celebrity chef. Marcus's mm-hmm. father calls her. She's yes. our own agent. Oprah. I mean, is Oprah not more <laughs> enough of a complicated woman? And also, she's sometimes a mess, right? Mm, she's where, well, okay. when? Oh my God! Because she's a little bit lost. She's got this broken engagement. She's mm. running around just doing right, being a human yeah. doer, succeeding, uh, and she's lost some of herself along the way. And I think I that makes see- Sasha very relatable. 
I don't know. I think we're told that in one or two lines. I don't think I saw it. Like, where's the scene, the snippet, oh. the moment? Like, where, so after where we, see that? we think in the beginning that she's all these things and like a boss yeah. and she's running her thing and yep. she has this very good looking boyfriend who's a fiance. Yep. And then after he breaks it off, she has that moment in the stock room when yeah. she's when when she's just you know she looks yes. to the outside right into her employees mm-hmm. like she's got it all together but then she goes in there and cries and then yeah. the guy walks in i mean i don't i don't see it first of think- all i don't i don't know why she does barely cry and that's not to her acting skills that's just to like i don't know what was even going on there she like touches her face once and then like and scrunches it up real much a lot and then i don't know we're supposed to believe she's crying and she says don't give your heart to anyone, Enrique, when the guy walks in looking for oyster sauce. Well, then I she know. had to put her face back on. Yeah. Yeah, but it, maybe it wasn't long enough. I don't know. But it also may very well have been that I just didn't understand. I don't think it was clear at all why she was with this guy. You can't just tell me her. I mean, you can, <laughs> but I'm not going to really follow it and get invested in it. And maybe that wasn't necessary. But why was she with him? Because well, he has fifty-seven thousand followers on Instagram. I mean, that's not a reason she I would cry herself. in a. She got all caught uh, up in this scene and being this celebrity uh, chef and his see, marketing, but, and she no. forgot who she was. That's why she needs Marcus to remind her. But then, uh, I mean, and I don't know. Maybe we can save this for later on. But then, so the way you're describing it, by the end, I should see almost a different person, someone who's completely transformed, and yet. At her end, at the end, in her speeches, she seems to be the exact same person at the end. Oh, no. At the end, when she yeah. finally realizes that she had lost her way and is now going back to authentic cooking and calls the restaurant Judy's Way and realizes that she wanted, like, tastes of home. And, like, now she realizes that she had gotten caught up. And now she's back so, to her more authentic self. So the way self, that... Right. You know? So the only way that she was lost was that she had to... A, a, a poor menu at her restaurant? No, she lost like her what? whole sense of her upbringing and of home. And she painted the whole mm. thing was a shit brush, as Marcus told her. But she's and still always on to the next thing. She's still only collecting awards and moving on and moving to the well, next she's city. She's still successful. That's all right. You know me. For me, it's conflict. That's, to me, the sign of a complicated woman and I didn't see a lot now granted Sally Albright did not have much internal conflict right except for the one scene and maybe it's about when you see it or you know in the movie we're fed Sasha's very early on that moment where you're talking about she's she breaks down in the walk-in freezer Sally keeps her shit together until towards the end of the movie and it's a pivotal part where she begins to then question everything that she's been so strong about like she, you know that she's too uh, demanding or she's whatever she says when she's yeah, in her pink, closed pink, off. pink, yeah. pink fluffy yes. bathrobe right <laughs> right, right. with she her, has her horrible breakdown. perm moment right mm-hmm. she has her breakdown moment sort of later on and so then you think okay this whole time I thought she was one thing and inside she's really struggling I didn't see that at all for Sasha. Is she smart? Is she strong? Is she successful? A hundred percent. I don't know, though. I I definitely didn't see. Or after she makes the speech to Marcus when he says he won't come to New York with her, she has a breakdown in the car after that because she realizes that he... Doesn't love her. (laughs) Yeah, well, doesn't love her or can't get his shit together enough. Yeah, he loves her, but he's a coward. She says, don't be a fucking coward. But that doesn't make her complicated, She's not questioning something about herself there. She's questioning him. I agree. But even the strong together women have moments yes, in the dark. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. have their moments in the dark of the night or the middle of, of some big fight where she questions, what, am, I, am I doing the right thing? But you think I, Sally had that that much in that scene? Okay, I mean, maybe. Well, no, those yeah. are the things she says. She questions the way she is and is it the wrong way to be? It doesn't last long, but she has that dark moment and she has it in front of all of us. And she has it towards the end where you think to yourself, okay, this is real impetus for change. And I didn't see that for Sasha. Sally also presented as this paradox, right? 
she wants her food how she wants it. That's one of her big things. Right, 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 right. Most people I know like that would just stay home. They're right. creatures of comfort and structure. Sally, no. She goes out into the yeah. world. And I, she's like, I want you to do it my way. Right. I think, And even Harry says, you're high maintenance, but right. you think you're low maintenance. So yeah. there's her apparent contradiction. But I think the that what's interesting in this movie is that what you want to see in Sasha, we see more in Marcus. Yes, he, and, but, I agree. But I think they did that on purpose because they wanted for once to make a movie where the man had to change and the man had sure. to go through this process of, you know, self-discovery and he had to get himself to a place where he was good enough, I hate to say that, or ready for yeah. her love. So I think that might have been a conscious choice on their part, but they, I do, but they do actually, still make yeah. Sasha have to change too. I think they do meet yeah. a little more in the middle than than you do probably but I think it does skew more towards yeah Marcus having to do that yeah I, I mean there you've just pretty much given my takeaway oh I, I, that's, no 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 <laughs> I, I but I I think that is the point it's also the reason why I love this movie yeah yeah but Sasha she's not high on my complicated woman list you know we're into deep we're into fleabag we're into I know <laughs> Lady I know. Dalton just she just doesn't come I I love her. Don't get me wrong. I really love her. I just don't think there's enough there as far as what I wanted. My expectations are pretty high here. And I I don't think they did as much as they could have with her role. But to your point... That may have been a deliberate choice, and I'm here for it. But. You know what's funny, too? It reminded me, which I hadn't thought of before as a theme in romantic comedies, but of the successful woman who sort of forgets where she came from or mm-hmm. her roots or her home, mm-hmm. and once she's sort of sure. at the top, and the male friend or ex or love interest has to remind her of like the good mm-hmm. parts. And all I kept thinking of was Sweet Home Alabama, where, yeah. which is, you know, my favorite. And where Jake tells Reese Witherspoon's character, like, it's okay to have roots and wings. But all of that is, I I love everything you're saying. But you're that doesn't reminding. make her complicated. No, it's literally like a, a, a pot of red sauce. That's what that's supposed to represent. Like, what is, where are her roots? Like, what... What is he really giving her back? Remember when you just used to cook Korean food with my mom? You know, it's not deep enough. It just wasn't deep enough for me. But we're only talking about Sasha Tran as a complicated woman. I think the movie has a lot of value in switching those roles. I do. I think I I also probably did what what we joke you always do is that I did insert some Ali Wong and I I probably read into that and I think. She's pretty so, complex, so maybe maybe that's what I, I that's just what happens, even though I don't even know it's consciously happening. I didn't see enough in Sasha to to allow me to get there and like give give Allie's personality to her. Yeah, to to put so, that in because I would have done that. Yeah, I would have no, done I know. that. We love to do that. <laughs> yes, yes. So, do you want to talk about some scenes? Yeah, I I was saying that. I kind of wanted to talk about the two speeches, you know, the classic rom-com speech that's mm-hmm. given typically, honestly, by the man. They intentionally made it that Sasha kind of gives the big grand gesture speech and is the first one to do it. He then yeah. has his own, but yeah. just sort of comparing those two. So they're fighting about her opening night. Remember? Yeah. Um, they're in her bathroom. And she's, she's getting yeah. ready. Yep. And I love that fight because that's just where they yes. have it out, where he's just yes. like mocks her for being pretentious and elevated Asian cuisine yeah. and it yeah. should be authentic and you're catering to rich white people and you're yeah. only dating me like a regular guy because you need someone to carry your purse. And, yes. And yes. I love that she's like, don't shame me for going I after know. things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just don't want to be some dude on your arm. And she right. says, why not? What's wrong with you supporting me? No one would question it if it was the other way around. And yeah. I thought that was great. You know, I love I mean, that. Yes. That's her. Go, she go has some amazing lines there and then outside by the car she does. Oh, I, love I did think Marcus was a little mean. Yeah, so that's yeah. the thing. That's what I really consider the speech is when she is down getting into the car and yeah. he comes to the balcony and she says, you know, I love you. I've loved you since we were kids and I don't need yeah. you to live my life, but I need you to understand this is my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to be with you. I want to come home to you, even when you're being an asshole. 
Yeah. You know? And so then yes. she says, come I to New that. York. And he says, and this is so mean. She's like, tell me you don't want to go to New York. And he's like, I don't want to go to New York with you. Yeah. She's yeah. like, you're such a fucking coward. Yeah. You know? And what yeah. I love is that she's saying, like, this is me. Like, you need to be able to yes. deal with it. Like, I'm not changing. Like, that's your mm-hmm. problem that you yeah. can't deal with me going after things or my success. But I love you the way you are. But you're a coward and you need to stop choosing not to try which is what she's yep. kind of been telling him all along yep. and to yep. stop being such a wimp and get out of your yeah. comfort zone you know so i yeah. that to me it's i guess that's really two scenes but yeah that's sort no, of her that's big one. moment you know yes i completely agree and i think she nails it i think yeah. everything she says is perfect and you know but i compared to she does exactly what i wanted marcus to also do which is say like she says, I love your band. I think they're amazing. And you need to be pushing yourself more and you need to be doing more. Where was his, like, you are the most creative chef I've ever met or you're, there was no also good thing. He just seems to shit on her. Like yeah. you're selling you mean out here to- in this before he gets to his yes. big speech at the end. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. And- that fight. He was nasty. Yes. Yeah. And she, you know, they were both pulling out the stops, but she was like, your band is amazing, and you're also a loser who's scared of everything. Yeah. She definitely was the shining star of these two scenes. Yeah. I, and, and, when he, and when he says, yeah. like, oh, celebrity chef, I hate that. Who came up with that term? And she's like, well, it wasn't me. Basically, exactly. asshole, like, I'm not going around calling myself this. Yes. And you're right. He yes. could have said, I know it's a bullshit term, and you didn't come up with it. You're a good chef, but why do they have to, like, yeah. put these dumb name tags on or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I know. But, again, I think this had to be purposely had to be yes. sort of the the low point for the breakup no i think so, so. then he could go through his journey of getting yes. his shit together it, which is getting a new suit <laughs> i was awesome. i loved that yeah that was that. awesome so then i want to talk about his speech the ver- basically towards the very end of the movie when he has now gone through and made these changes and realizes he's an idiot but not just realizes he's an idiot realizes she was right and there's a lot of things he needed yes to deal with he needed to move yes. out of his dad's house he needed yes. to make sure the band got out of playing in the same dive bar in the same part of town you know so he mm-hmm. really does go and do all these things and then when I think about this speech Marcus made we definitely have to compare it to Har- Harry's speech on New Year's Eve but but anyway this one he says you know I want to be where you are I don't care where it is what outfit I have to wear I want to be with you I want to make you laugh I want you to call me out when I'm not pushing myself hard enough I love that line says I want to have a lot of sex with you and of course he's like yes did I cheapen it it. (laughs) yeah I want to have a family with you I want to spend my life with you even if it scares me even if I'm as scared every day as I am right now so yeah. my question is this, Sasha Tran, can I hold your purse for you? Yeah. Which I thought was cute. I thought you yeah. might be like, is I did. Sort no, of I like loved it. Love for oh, free? I loved it. No, I loved it. I thought um, that was perfect because it resonated with with moments that came up throughout the prior. Movie. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I loved it. Um, and I yeah, and it's yeah. just it's it's not just a grand gesture. This is what I love about it because we know by this point he's done the work to change to be a better version yes. of himself. And you compare that, like, with Harry's speech, which I did have issues with, where he's just sort of listing her quirks, and it yeah. didn't show the self-reflection on his part. And I feel like this was very much a more mm. modern mm-hmm. version of the guy speech. Yeah, yeah. No, that is true. Of course, I saw it as Marcus being totally self-centered, because what I love about the Harry to Sally one is it's saying... I see all the things that you are worried that you that make you unlovable and I love you anyway and there was none of that for Sasha like where was anything about why he loves her I understand why she makes him a better man I see that a hundred percent but where is the why he loves her that's what I was missing. I see. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I did not yeah. look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. Just as I didn't look at the higher mentality. It's very interesting, though. I see it now. Right. I see it now when you describe it that way. Right. Yeah. And I just, yeah. I, yeah. So it, it, I also love that they're, that they each kind of have the big speech. And I know that was very intentional mm-hmm. on on their part because Randall Park said one of the things he, d- he did love about When Harry Met Sally is that it in his view, it was a very 50-50 kind of movie. Very 
equal for each yes. of them. And yeah. he wanted to make sure that they sort of honored that because that's what he loved about it. And I, I think they do a really good job of that by them each sort of having these big yes. moments. Yes. It, and interesting now that we've just talked about that, it's making me think of the moment that you hated in when Harry Met Sally, her big speech at uh, Jess's wedding and he's mean when you hated when when he was like, oh, your puppy dog eyes. Yeah, so well, I hated like, Harry oh, those... being an asshole. Yes, that, well, yeah. which is what I was saying about Marcus being an asshole in the last one. That was her big speech. So they do pretty, tr- they do track the I movies know. pretty well. That's they really do, actually, yeah. more than we thought. Yes. I'm and like, what's hmm. interesting is they track and yet you and I prefer the opposites like it's true I don't know why that maybe I like Randall Park yeah maybe better I love Billy Crystal like I said I mean I I I think he's funny as hell but maybe I feel felt like Randall was a little more vulnerable and a little more yes he he doesn't do the he gives her shit but you know it's coming from a good place and I don't know you're right And, and it could just be personal preference again we're really digging deep on this yeah. stuff. So I didn't even think about how mean Harry was to Sally at the wedding. Yeah. When she's giving her you suck speech. Yeah. And, then, and I did not love that one the way I loved Sasha's. Yeah, I really like Sasha's yeah. speech. And I yeah. basically could nominate as a favorite scene any scene in which Hello Peril is playing because I just... <laughs> I fucking love Hello Peril. You know, apparently the soundtrack for this movie, like if you were to download it, has lots of, has all the Hello Peril songs. And like my kids sing Bounce Back all the time. Like Bounce Back. Oh yeah. Like a tennis ball. Yes. (laughs) And Randall Park wrote all that. Anything Um, but a football. Those were good scenes. And this fits absolutely nowhere. But can we spend (laughs) one minute talking about Keanu Reeves? Oh my God. That was amazing uh, amazing and i'm sure you've read or seen interviews with them talking about how they how they just like dumb locked and this like at, they wrote it for keanu reeves and and they were like but keanu reeves is not gonna do this movie and like he came in and just like stole the show oh so, so good so, so good good the the dinner scene is good enough and then they go back to the hotel oh and my he God. just like goes next level. He goes from ridiculous celebrity at the dinner to John Wick at at the hotel and I was just dying. It's it hilarious. So and in good. fact, speaking of Hello Peril, when she tells him you should write a song about yes. how you punch Keanu Reeves, because it's also that's... for him how he ends up winning her over, right? Like yes. that's sort of the turning point. So Yes. Hilarious! I know yes. he can do anything, right? Oh my God, he uh, that was so good. I yeah, I, I just I, enjoy him so very much. But I this agree was a different. You. But this was a different side of him, and I was like, wow. But I just feel like he he does something right. Like yes, I don't know. But we're doing you know something's got to give. He's in that too, and I didn't yes. even realize. Oh my I was, God, I, didn't I was think like, about I that forgot. Either. Here's Keanu Reeves, a young Keanu Reeves. Like he, yes. I just thought he was so good playing himself. It's a very meta performance. And some people have done it very well, Neil Patrick Harris being the number one. Mm-hmm. But some people do it well. Oh, and I also love the little um, vignettes in Ocean's Eleven when the young kid's playing poker. Oh. It's hard to play yourself and take yourself not seriously, but then also be all of the things that people say about you. And it's a very fine line. And Keanu knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. Should we go on to What's Your Damage? Oh, yes, definitely. All right. Okay. They did a pretty good job of planting some of her damage. And some of it was shown and some of it was sort of handed to us. In the one line, Veronica says, oh, you you always like assholes. Mm -hmm. And they don't really elaborate on what that means, what an asshole is. I mean, that could mean lots of things. but. I guess if her current fiance is any indication, Sasha right. <laughs> liking assholes means she likes someone older and largely unavailable. And like which superficial, to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But well, yeah, that's okay, yeah. But the older and unavailable to me resonated with her parents not being oh, yeah. home, right? Yeah, like her, her parents are definitely what I had as the number one source of what's her yeah. damage. Yeah, and then her replicating that in her dating situation, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like that, that all adds up. 
But then she has the, she can't sit still. Marcus calls her out on that. She's always go, go, go. She does nothing but fill her life with awards and deals and idiot boyfriends. Right. Which, you know, if he was going to call her out on it, I kind of wanted to see some change around that. Right. She does change that pattern if what she's doing is dating these older, unavailable men, then Marcus really is a change. And then I didn't see the change for her filling her life with awards and deals so yeah and you know that's actually a good point because i i viewed her damage largely coming from her parents and Mm -hmm. basically the fact that they just weren't around and so she had to be good on her own and independent and learn to not need anyone which can be isolating and if you have the view that you don't need anyone then you often don't let anybody in to help you but you know her parents clearly realize that and you see throughout the movie how they're trying to be a part of her life and you're right in that 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 could have been an opportunity in the movie for her to kind of have a moment with them or talk about it I'm not saying a lot but now that I think about it that was a big source of her issue and did she really reconcile or deal with it with them other than at the end you see she brought her parents show up yeah but that they were trying to show up and were showing up in a few scenes prior to that and she never really kind of like talks about it she like flips out to marcus when she says she might want to have a kid on her own and Mm -hmm. she said well i didn't have any parents and he's like you had parents she's like i had me like basically like i had no one yeah and she she doesn't really i guess kind of work it out with them which could have been a spot where we could have seen some growth yeah, I agree. I, I, I wouldn't want it to be heavy-handed. Yeah, exactly. But, but the thing was with this movie, there were just so many tiny little windows that they could have done a little bit more that yeah. they didn't. Yeah. You know, if they had nothing, if we knew nothing about her childhood, but since we we really saw it, we saw her come home, you know, the message from her mom says, we're not going to be home till late, you're on your own. Since we saw opportunities there to go a little bit deeper or to resolve things or to address some of her issues, again, like Marcus saying, you can't sit still, he called her out on it, but I didn't really see change there. You know, it's hard to fault something that is willing to go there, but then doesn't kind of tie it up because they were willing to go there. It's just an opportunity that was sort of missed. It wasn't a ding. I love this movie. Yeah. But... But it's just an opportunity that was missed, I think. Yeah, and I think you're right that it is, it is you know, laudable that they went there. Because I, I do think with this in particular, they wanted to touch on the fact that many Asian American immigrants have, who had businesses, like, had to work yeah, hard and maybe home. weren't mm-hmm. home for their kids. And I yeah. read an interview where she said that they, that's, you know, uh, it's not true of everyone, but it is, it is a large yeah. part of their culture and her parents clearly came around and had growth yeah no i kind of wanted them to just be like look we were doing our freaking best and and just have her go i get it now like yeah i get it now and that's how you know what and that's probably why i work as hard as i do so yeah thanks for that all right anything else on damage uh no so what she said ali wong oh ali wong what she said honestly whatever she said I'll take it. I love her so much. Did oh. you watch the oh. stand-up Baby Cobra and Hard Baby Knock Life? Co- immediately watched. I watched them in that order. I'm pretty sure back to back. I was really, truly crying tears of laughter. So, and we should just like, make clear that face. this woman is doing these hilarious, raunchy, provocative, <laughs> hysterical stand-up comedy shows for Netflix. <laughs> Both times, seven or eight months pregnant. Yeah. So yep, a little yep. tiny Asian woman with oh, these amazing God. designer glasses, like her yes. cat eye glasses, yes. and just this giant baby bump. And oh. then the shit that's coming out of her mouth, it just, yes. the, the juxtaposition is just oh, so, is funny it's, already. Like right. before you even hear what comes out of her mouth. And, and the physical comedy, oh my which God. would definitely be funny even if she wasn't pregnant, is just that much funnier when she is twerking and (laughs) like flipping up her dress in heart not wife yeah oh my god truly would be funny if she wasn't pregnant made me roll on the goddamn floor dying dying she was I don't know about you but I tried to write down quotes or things she said 
for the what she said and I thought this will just sound absurd coming out of me like I'm not funny I, and it, but I just wanted everyone to go watch it because oh, they are please. both hilarious and if we go we'll sound idiotic if I try yes. to repeat yes. them but there were so many so many good ones I will say though I can classify some of them obviously yes. a lot of her stand-up is about sex and relationships and sex masturbation relationships dating uh, it's There's like so... 10 minutes on how she gave her husband HPV. And I was uh, like, which, oh if God, I, I just cried. repeat that, it sounds like, wait, what? But And what's huh? the matter? You don't have HPV? Grow up. Go get HPV. <laughs> Everyone has it. Exactly. Stop it. Grow up. Oh, my God. I love that. Oh, my that. God. Exactly. Um, but, but so a lot of it is that. But I also really loved her cultural identity jokes. Yes. So one writer in April magazine said Wong reaches the new frontier of a racial joke. Asian to Asian. For Europeans, anything east to Turkey would seem to be Asia. But as Africa is not a country, Asians have complex dynamics within us and like 50 different nationalities. She didn't do the, this is just an Asian joke, right? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, she went deep into it. Because her and her husband are each a mix of, she's, oh God, I'm going to get it wrong. She's Chinese and Vietnamese. Vietnamese, He is Japanese and and Filipino. Filipino. I loved it because I'm part Hispanic. I'm Puerto Rican. That has very few cultural similarities with Spaniards or Mexicans right. yeah. or Colombians. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, you can't just throw us all into mm-hmm. one pot. Of course not. I am not Chinese or Vietnamese, but I just loved the idea of telling a joke that was under the umbrella of not all Asians are the same. She went even deeper in an interview I read. I think it was in Vogue. She said, diversity, for me, is just as important if not more, to get more diversity behind the camera. You look at someone like Shonda Rhimes, who is responsible for so much diversity on television. The quality of her work is so undeniable that when she says, I want a black female lead for a primetime network show, in fact, I want two black female leads, they can't say no. That is true power. And not to mention, you and I just discussed on our last quick cap that the behind the camera mm-hmm. who's writing the story who's showing the story who's directing the story it matters and if it's not a woman and yet you're purporting to tell women's stories I love Nicole Kidman and Charlize Theron and and Margot Robbie they can portray it but who's really behind the camera so right. I I really I thought that really because resonated yeah, on, to on, get a, on many all, levels yeah I have a quote that is sort of similar she says that aspiring comics often ask her how she deals with being a stand-up comic who's an Asian or female Mm, or mother. And she tells them not to think of these things as obstacles. You just shift your perspective and think, wait a minute, I'm a woman. And she says, and most stand-up comics are male. You know what male comics can't do? They can't get pregnant. They can't perform pregnant. So my (laughs) attitude is just use all the differences. Don't think of it as you're oppressed, you know? And she said... Think of it as you special, you know, that's what she yeah. said. And like, I love that. Like, this yes. is not just true even in stand-up comedy, right? It's it's yeah. this idea that use your differences to your advantage, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. instead of thinking, you know, of them as drawbacks. I liked that perspective. And it makes sense when you add that piece of it is like, okay, so use that. That's who you are. Use it. Right. right. I like that. But yes, most of her stuff is really around relationships. I love the stuff that. about her being the breadwinner and mm-hmm. what it's like for her marriage now that that they've sort of had to transition. By the way, her husband went to Harvard Business School and, and yeah. was gainfully employed. But I think now that they've had kids and her sort of celebrity status, if you will, and her schedule has just become what it is that, that he now, I believe, stays at home. But she always gets asked about how her husband feels about her success, you know, Mm -hmm. and she says he feels great. It's not hard (laughs) to feel good about your spouse making money. And then she said her own mother was very concerned that he might leave her out of intimidation. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. said, I had to explain to her that the only kind of man that would leave a woman who makes more (laughs) money is the kind of man that doesn't like free money. I love <laughs> so, that. I love right? That. But she's just yeah. like, why are people so worried about this? Like, yeah. we're fine. So what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. I love the free money line. She does that in Baby Cobra too. Right. Yeah. Right. And then like another interview, she announces to me that she's just come from marriage counseling. And mm-hmm. 
the interviewer was like most celebrities or people I interview don't walk in and announce that. And and she's like, people are worried, you know, about what other people think something's wrong in a relationship. It's like something's wrong in every relationship. So yes. if you're not willing to admit that, then there's something wrong with you. And a I lot of that. interviewers commented just on her honesty and just how refreshing mm -hmm. it was, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with stand-up, I think you have to be brutally honest. Otherwise, it's not going to be as funny. Absolutely. But you, then you, you wouldn't can't. wonder if then when being interviewed, do you, mm -hmm. or do you temper that a little? And it seems like she doesn't. No, she does not show signs of hiding anything, even on her own Instagram. One yes. of my quotes I, I took from her, a post that she wrote about her husband, and she said, oh. when we first met, I had six roommates and I could barely afford a down jacket for the New York City winter. Nobody knew the hell I was, who the hell I was. Our lives changed dramatically after Baby Cobra came out in 2016. In addition to being extremely adventurous, smart, and handsome, Justin really is a private, low-key, and down-to-earth person. He'd much rather be hiking than, a wa than walk a red carpet, and it's one of the things I love most about him. These past three years have really been an exciting, but at times uncomfortable and challenging journey for us as a couple, and it still is. The man has a backbone made of steel, which is ultimately a good thing, and it also leads to some intense back and forth. But no matter what, he's always managed to celebrate me in the best way possible. By watching the kids when I've hit my limit. Just kidding. We pay someone else to do that. <laughs> Happy, this was his birthday. Happy birthday, my darling. Thank you for inspiring me, for being my most trusted advisor and greatest teacher. There's no one else I'd rather grow old with. Your love is king. That is to me. That's a good one. The ultimate. That is the ultimate a series of compliments. So I like everything she has to say. Even the, the stuff that's not raunchy is good content. Yes, love it. I'm ready for the crystal ball, though. I, I I'm really hoping you've you've done your magic here because mine is is. Oh boy, I don't know if I've done my magic, but I told you I usually don't prep for these. Yeah, I, I know. I prepped. Oh I wow! Have, I have like paragraphs. Oh my god! And I have like two lines. So this is this is interesting today. Okay. So there All right. You go. So so Kate, we'll look into our crystal ball. Six months. Pretty short period of time. It is a short period of time. What What are you thinking? Um, I think they're settling in in New York. You know, her restaurant yep. opening is busy, but it's fun. I have um, Hello Peril, maybe booking some East Coast gigs, like now mm -hmm. that he's sort of coming into his own. And they're just finding their groove as a couple. And I think a proposal is imminent or has happened. And, mm. and that that was it. Definitely. Oh, I, I agree with, with all of that. Well, except that I kind of had, I kind of had uh, Judy's, I had it bombing. That is not oh, working. Yeah. Because so, it's so different than all her other things. Judy's is bombing and Hello Peril is blowing up. Oh my God. So, so yes. oddly, they're both in crisis which is a bad place to be when both of you are there at the same time. Hers is a crisis of failure, which is something she's very unaccustomed to at this point. His is the crisis of success, which he's also not Absolutely. used to. Yeah. But both have them questioning, who am I and what am I doing? Am I getting too far away from my original vision in life? So yeah, you always want one person to be in crisis while the other one is stable and vice versa. Right. I do think... And this is something that's hard to sort of show in a movie, right? Because it is supposed to be a short period of time. But I like it when it works out that you can, you know, go back and forth. I think you should take turns. You obviously can't plan it that way. Right. But I have found that when you're in a relationship that has its own dynamic, it not so coincidentally seems to work out that way. I mean, it has for me and my husband. We are constantly switching roles between who is the one like really growing and who is the one who is more stable and, and in their element. Right. Now I'm obviously going six months and then some time out. Marcus slows things down with Hello Peril to support Sasha in figuring out what's wrong with Judy's. They revisit their childhood and their grief over Judy's untimely death. And this is their sweet spot. Sasha's on the upswing, right? They do figure it out. Okay. She's, but she's also been humbled by what ah, the, she's going to get the, the failure you want. Yes. yes. You're yes. giving her the growth you didn't <laughs> see totally in the movie. Am. Yes. You're like, so let me rewrite she... this for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
it's part two. It's the next one. Right. Uh, so she's a little more humble than when they first got together. But she's on, because she is such a strong, amazing, successful, brilliant woman, she's on the upswing. And Marcus is feeling optimistic that Hello Peril can have a lot of growth, but he's also holding still. So he has the potential, but he's not quite vulnerable. Okay. Now, five, five years later. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, five years is a long time for all of those things to come together. Of course, she re- recovers with the restaurant. She realizes Judy's was just too personal. She needed to get back to her roots and be authentic. But and that was the right call. But but she has to make it a little more universal. So she's back on the top five years later she's honed whatever she balanced that she needed to get right and despite dragging his feet marcus in hello peril is pretty much imagine dragons or 21 pilots or whatever huge band i'm i'm more of a solo artist fan so i don't really know good bands but they're huge right he's like and, imagine dragons jesus all right yeah. they've oh, really yeah. taken off stadium tours not only around the country but around the world and sadly, Marcus is falling apart. He's oh, my God. He cannot handle all of the success. It's too overwhelming for him. He is smoking too much weed. He oh, is getting, yeah. He is getting a diva reputation out there. He won't come out of his hotel room when it's time to perform. Oh, They're my God. They're going on late. Yes. You have so, so outperformed, <laughs> speaking of performing, on this one. Uh, go ahead. I'm, so, I'm, I'm just listening. I'm watching this movie in my head. So you know what has to happen. Sasha takes her pause, right? Like, Hello Peril, he put his um, pause when they first got to New York and Judy's was bombing. So now she takes her pause. She lets the restaurants go on autopilot. Right. And she goes on tour with them. I'm guessing probably with their kids, too, since it was something they both seem to want. Right. Um, And she's facing a lot of criticism. People are saying she's stifling her ambition for a man. She's become this like tour wife and stay-at-home mom. But she does not give a fuck. She is happy. I'm guessing she's somehow revolutionized the tour food industry or I don't know. That's a good idea. Yeah. Or she's come up with some quick and easy food for kids on the go. Whatever. She's she's totally been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's totally been inspired. She's having success, but that success In a different looks way. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks, looks like different. personal satisfaction and it looks like passion being the main indicators, not just that she's, you know, just continuing her restaurant empire. And by the way, it's a pause. It doesn't have to be we're done. So uh, this to me a lot of it when I wrote it reminds me of Pink. Right? And Carrie Hart. Oh. Another favorite of mine. Mine, too. I just love those two. She seems to be really good. And they both do, obviously. But I'm talking about the the woman. She seems to know how to play the supportive role, but also the star. Yes. And that they both go back and forth. They seem to have, to me, the family dynamics right. They can each shine. But they kind of take turns. Because I just don't know if the two parallel lives things work. You know, the people who are like, oh, we both have our successful careers. It sounds great and all, but I just don't know that I've really seen it work, that you can really both be successful at the same time. Which I think is what happened with Ali Wong and her husband. He seemed like he's obviously a very successful person, but given what's going on currently for her life, he's taking the backseat with respect to his career, at least. And so that's what I just channeled her life, real life here. Yes. And I just had... Sasha's restaurant empire just sort of continuing maybe she got one of those TV shows like on the Food Network and and uh, came out with a cookbook and yes, you know just course. figured out all different ways to expand oh, her brand totally. and yes. you know realized that because she's so busy and traveling and appearances she wanted to make sure she did that with a young family in tow which I know Ali Wong talks a lot about that she's yes. sort of modeled this on you know examples of other women in music or TV or whatever that have managed to do both and yeah. that's what I kind of saw for them with Marcus sort of playing that role for now of more of the caregiver but yeah your yeah. story is way more interesting <laughs> I well, mean because there was so much growth for Marcus I didn't I know I, I, you're right you know, I just know that squander yeah, that and, and life goes in these cycles right these ebbs and flows and so 
I didn't think either one of them could just continue on the same trajectory. You got to take like a step back and then two yeah. steps forward, a step back and two steps forward. So yeah, I so I, I like that kind of went went with that direction. But we also I could, forgot to mention about Ali Wong when I, just the cookbook reminded me that she also has a best selling book. book out right now, I letters know. to her daughters, which is like just won the Goodreads you know yes. best best humor book and I is on the bestseller that. list so really there's just nothing she can't do i know i really i want to read that book i'm very excited yeah, about cause it because apparently it's raunchy and her daughters can't really read it till they're like 18 she said I so know. she's like don't get me wrong these are not bedtime stories no <laughs> letters to my daughter no that's right that's right but she, deal she said she'd let them watch her stand up earlier than she'd let the, her, them oh, read this geez. book by the way i, I forgot to mention this Ali Wong has none of the issues I had with Sasha. She is so like conflicted or she has so many paradoxes. I love Baby Cobra was so much about how she just wants to lay down. She doesn't want a job. She hates yeah, exactly. feminism. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know she was being farcical, but right. But but it so it couldn't be farther from the truth. I mean, this woman just cannot stop working. Cannot stop. I love how Chris Rock is a mentor of yeah, hers. And I know. yeah. And she was like, I don't want to stop doing stand-up for the six weeks that she was shooting Always right. Be My Maybe. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, you have to. You have to just take right. a break. And she didn't want to. And she is so driven. Chris Rock was right. He was like, this is your movie. You're writing it. You're starring it. It, yes. it deserves all of your attention. But yes. when she, after she had, I think it was her first daughter, and she was basically, with it was like four weeks out postpartum. And she wanted to go back into the clubs because she, I'm sure you read, I mean, she, late at night, that's what she does. She just goes out to these small comedy clubs because she believes that's how you practice your craft and see if a joke is funny. You've got to work it for weeks and weeks. Yeah, sure. And she was like four weeks out and she was convinced that like maybe now that she was a mom, she wouldn't be funny anymore. And and she was like, I need to go make sure I'm still funny. Oh my God. And people were like, but you just had a baby. And- you get the sense that it's not like just like, oh, my God, I don't care. I just had a baby. I need to do it. Like, you know, not like some sort of deranged drive. It was just no, like. No, that she loves it. Yeah, that she loves it. And that it's it. so much a part of who she is. Yeah, that she, and, and she just, yeah, she's like, I was, I went. And she was also like, what am I doing? I'm standing. I'm, I'm, I'm saying yeah. a few jokes. Like, I'm not like running a marathon, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even to think about that when you have a newborn. Yeah. I mean. But yeah. she loves it. You're right. It shows her passion for it. Yeah. So then should we just go to the, the takeaway then? Yes. And okay. I hope I didn't steal yours too much from no. earlier. I'm no, sure there's I more. I actually took away a few things from the movie, but more likely I took away a few things from the research in doing this episode of the podcast about this movie. One was, I guess, what I made up for <laughs> the crystal ball, which was success looks like different things at different stages in your life doesn't have to just be this sort of very traditional kind of capitalistic white man's version of success, which right. is a lot of what Sasha had. It's more sort of personal satisfaction, which is very different from Sasha, who I, I feel like was just, or Marcus said she was just chasing every deal and chasing every award without necessarily the, the personal satisfaction that, that he wanted her to be having out of it. Right. How about you? So I, you know, me and this whole, the one that got away theme. So I I was really just thinking like on the surface, you know, this storyline definitely seems like standard rom-com fair, but like all great rom-coms, I do think it goes deeper than that. And, you know, to me, I was thinking it is a lot about identity and how we see ourselves and who we allow to see us for who we really are. And I, I said at the start, you know, I do love this this theme, of the one that got mm-hmm. away. Yeah. But I, here the movie sort of asks what happens if that person we fell in love with has grown into someone we might not recognize, you know? Because mm, neither, neither one of them Ooh. is someone the other thinks they can love right now at the yeah. start, right? Wow, and yeah. Well, because she's frustrated that he's given up on himself. She knows he's yep. settled for less. He feels similarly about her and how she's yeah. become sort of someone so closed off and who measures everything in success. Yeah. And we've talked a lot, you know, about being seen mm-hmm. by someone else. And, of course, I do feel like these two really do see each other and have yeah. a deep connection from when they were yes. kids. Yes. But what I thought about after watching this was that in order 
for them at least to be together in this, they had to first sort of see themselves and mm. they needed they needed to figure out who they were on their own, particularly Marcus, as we've talked about. I think we see more of his growth yeah. than, as you've pointed out, we do for Sasha. But it's not it's that you need to see yourself. Right. Yeah, and yeah. everything we've talked about is it is, of course, important that someone else see you for who you are and accept you anyway like we talked about but what this made me think of was like marcus like sasha saw him for who he was and loved him anyway she she's like i love you but that wasn't going to be good enough that wasn't going to take it all the way for them and they would have not had a healthy relationship but for the fact that then marcus figured out who he was he saw himself and if he didn't do that this yeah. wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have mattered what Sasha saw in him. Yeah. If you yeah. yourself don't see who you can be, you know? Yes. Yeah. And along those lines, Sasha does get there because she does get, she sees herself and she, I'm, I mean, I sort of said it a little bit tongue in cheek before, but like she is the one who sees this is how, how I got away from my authentic Right, um, you know, food, and this is how I'm going to bring it back. And she does that on her own when they're apart. Um, right. Yeah, so yeah, that's really I like that. I really like, like and that. like that the love wasn't isn't alone enough. Like clearly, you knew they yeah. loved each other and had a deep connection and respect yeah. for each other and had a great rapport and all that. But it none of that would have mattered if yeah. they didn't have this sort of internal or personal transformation where they really saw themselves. So I, I thought that was a I'm not I thought that was a really good twist of this one that I thought yes. was a little bit deeper than your standard I, rom-com. I would agree. I really I would agree and I didn't quite see it thematically until you just said it that way and I think it I think that's that's really there and it's very strong. So my takeaway the that you had sort of alluded to before or or had gotten ahead of me was I thought this was while I didn't think Sasha was a particularly complicated woman I thought this was a movie for the complicated woman, not so much about the complicated woman because we don't see her struggle or her conflict as much as we really just see her getting everything she wants and, and having each bit escalate. Boom, boom, boom. So to me, it's the promise that it's all going to come together. It's the complicated woman's fantasy, right? Right. Yeah. Which, which I love. And I think just as she had said, diversity behind the camera is is just as important if not more I think it's just as important to see women you know struggling and figuring it out but also getting that life that they want Mm -hmm. and seeing it as like this is doable and that having someone support you and you know quote unquote as they're using it here hold your purse purse. yes like that's that is not only something that you can expect but also something that men can do. Yes, and, exactly. You know, s- sort of to my crystal ball, it doesn't always have to be one person holding the purse and, and the other person never. Right. But uh, it can go back and forth. But either way, it shouldn't fall. I don't think it should fall one way or the one other. Or the other all the time. But it definitely shouldn't fall on gender roles. Yes. Right? It should yes. not. And that's what this sh- this movie represents and shows for both men and women and I think that has so much value Netflix and this and their whole effort to sort of reboot or revitalize the rom-com I think they've had a lot of success they have a lot of good options honestly the the fact the I'm not even joking you it almost keeps me up at night that I might have continued to miss Ali Wong in my life like no, why did I right. not have Ali Wong in my life like no, what has been going that's on a good point baby Cobra's been out there's three years for I three know years. like what I have know. I been doing without her god I don't know what I would have done if I had her when I had babies like oh yeah time. oh my gosh I just feel like I would have felt so much better about myself if I yeah. had, had her then I she's amazing and you know a lot of these including this one i mean your kids are a little younger my kids watch this with me yeah and other than okay the losing their virginity scene which is not exactly graphic no um, not at all not at all they they thought it was great you know it's, yes. it's you know it's, i love that they yeah they love it They're, so you know i and, mean this of all movies is one that little boys should be watching right like this oh. is a different this is a different side of love mm-hmm. that we don't always see and that it's 
I think it should be a really important part of it. That, That's right. That, yeah. So the well, they have no chance in my house anyway, as you know. So they, they're, they're learning these things all the time. <laughs> I love it. So good. Yeah. So good. You're not only a complicated woman, Kate, but you're raising boys that are going to know how to deal with that. That's right. That's love right. Love it. Love it. Love it. This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you loved this episode, please leave a review. And if you hated it, email us. We want to hash it out. Love us or hate us, don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. And keep it complicated.